Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to episode number 60. I love when my solo episodes land on an even number. It makes me so happy. I don't know if it's just me, Virgo, type A personality. Let me know if you're similar. But yeah, just wanted to mention that. And it's also landed on a special day because today is the release of my online course, PCOS Success. And I'm so excited to share this with you guys. I've been working on this for many months now. And you may know that PCOS is a condition that's really close to my heart. It was a condition that I was diagnosed diagnosed with back when I was uh, 17, 18. And I had no idea about it at the time. And then that led me to study it and specialize in this area so I can help other women because there's really not a lot of good information online. So today's episode is the 10 things I wish I knew when I was diagnosed with PCOS. And I've decided to record a full episode on this because I did a short Instagram post on it a couple of um, weeks ago now and I got such good response and people had a ton of questions after that and they wanted to learn more about PCOS. So I thought I'd delve deeper today in the episode and show 10 things that I wish I knew back when I was 17, 18, given this diagnosis and I had no idea at the time. PCOS wasn't a condition that ran in my family. I'd never heard of it before. And as soon as I was diagnosed, I went home. And as you do, you start to Google things. And I stayed up like all night researching in research mode. I tend to do that, but I've seen a lot of scary things like, oh, your risk of infertility is really big. Your risk of type two diabetes, metabolic syndrome, or maybe ovarian cancer. In some situations, you're likely going to struggle with your weight. And the advice was to eat less and exercise more. I never felt drawn and compelled to do this because it just didn't make sense to me. I was probably at my leanest at that point. I was exercising five, six times a week, back to back, two hour classes. I was um, restricting my diet. I was eating hardly anything because I wasn't fueling my body correctly. And maybe around like 1400 calories a day. I wasn't trekking consistently, but probably just looking back, that's what I was averaging. And I'm 5'11", by the way, so there's no way that I was fueling my body. I was also a teenager, so I required more. I was very active. And my doctor didn't once ask me anything about my diet or lifestyle. And that is crazy. I know that they would get like five to seven minutes with me in the session, but how can you give someone who's actually underweight the same recommendation eat less move more that will actually make the PCOS worse so I'm glad that I didn't go down that path but when 
you're newly diagnosed with PCOS, you really want to do anything. You want to stop your hair loss. You want to clear up your skin. You want to get your period back on track because you realize how important it is for fertility and just your overall well-being, especially if you deep digging into more of the natural health side of things. So yeah, today's episode we'll be sharing, I'll be sharing some tips and some supportive recommendations, whether you're newly diagnosed or whether you've been struggling with symptoms for a while now and just can't seem to get a grip on it, maybe you're missing some of these key factors. But before we dive into that in much detail, I want to talk a bit more about my course because I'm so excited about it. This is the first course that I've ever released and for the past month or so now, I've had a group of 15 women beta testers running through the course content in order for me to make some tweaks based on their feedback and really perfect things before it's released to the general public and I've had such great feedback and I'm going to show that in a second but yeah today's the first day that the course has been released and for the next week so up until Monday the 16th of March at the end of that day you can save save £100 making the course just £150 which will equate to like 195 US dollars after the 16th of March this will go up to 250 pounds which is around 320 dollars ongoing so you'll experience a massive saving if you use the code launch week that's l-a-u-n-c-h-w-e-e-k all one word on the checkout section there'll be an option for you to add a discount or coupon code and enter launch week in there and that'll save you 100 pound up until Monday the 16th of March. This course really is a compilation of everything that I've learned about PCOS over the past five, six years. Doing my own research, being the guinea pig, working with professionals in the industry for my own benefits, um, experience working with over 100 women with PCOS. But having such a busy practice, I only have a number of hours in the day and I can't help everyone who reaches out to me. And I know that I understand that the packages that I offer may not be financially something that people can afford. So I wanted to make a more accessible way of working with me at a much cheaper price. You're getting a lot of the same information just in a self-paced um, study. And there is the option for an additional um, additional session with me if you wanted to add that on. That's absolutely um, something that you can purchase as well. But if you want to know which lab tests you need to run, I'll include a letter to your doctor in there just to try and get you some more investigations, some optimal reference ranges so you can take charge of your own lab work and figure out what's normal and what's not. Because a lot of the time you're told that everything's in normal range, but you feel all of the symptoms of low thyroid or high androgens, but everything seems normal. If you want to learn how to regulate your blood sugar and insulin levels, actually some pretty simple strategies and one of the strategies strategies that I use for diet one of the beta testers is implemented and after just a week she noticed a massive change in her um, symptoms which is amazing and we talk about exercise the best type of exercise what to be focusing on which supplements may be best for your particular symptoms um, where to get them from discount codes if you want all of that plus free guides recipe ideas product product recommendations then this course would be absolutely perfect for you. If you like a sneak peek behind the scenes of the course, then you can head to the link in my bio and there's three sample lectures on there that you can run through before you make the decision 
whether to join me and purchase the course. I think the lectures are on um, what exactly PCOS is, so the pathophysiology behind it, what's actually going on with your body, circadian rhythm, because that's key, and I think environmental toxins, so you can learn so much. And this is just like the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more information in the course. And I also have an Instagram story highlight saved, so head over to my profile. It's at Viva Natural Health, and you can have a look through um, behind the scenes of the course content as well. My goal is to provide you with all of the information that I wish I had seven years ago when I was diagnosed with PCOS. I was told that the birth control pill was the only solution, the only thing that would regulate my cycle. It actually makes a lot of the symptoms worse. The underlying imbalances like insulin resistance, inflammation, stress, nutrient deficiencies are made worse by hormonal birth control, just so you know. This could also be a great thing for you practitioners or student practitioners listening as well, if because PCOS affects um, a lot of women, between 1 in 5 and 1 in 10 women. So it's very likely that one of your female clients is going to have PCOS. And the complications of the metabolic and hormonal um, symptoms may mean that your conventional advice isn't relevant and may actually be different for someone with PCOS. So this could be just something good to have to educate you a little bit more on this condition. It's actually becoming more prevalent, I think, because of the environmental toxins. So it's just good to some it's just something good to have under your belt when you have that PCOS client. We don't get taught much about PCOS at all. I know that I didn't in college. We just had a brief mention um, under the category of female hormone imbalance, but PCOS is a lot more than just a hormonal imbalance. And I want to share with you some feedback so far from the beta testers who have been going through the course content over the past month. It's been really amazing. So I'll just read a few of them now. Someone said, I really love the amount of information from the lectures, resources and links. I think it's amazing that you've referred to other people in the resources, such as other articles and podcasts, because it's all well and good me telling you things, but I want you to have um, a number of practitioners that you can learn from and you, for you to dive into your own research too. I love the recipes and that there isn't a strict diet plan because I've tried that a million times and it never works and it sends me into a more restrictive and binge cycle. Also, your lecture on the real superfoods video actually made me understand the food choices and really resonated the fact that I wanted to eat those things. And I'm not talking about goji berries and kale. I'm talking about the real superfoods that can help you heal the underlying metabolic causes of PCOS. This course has great information and I love that you can move through at your own pace, which is wonderful. Every lecture that I've been through so far has been great and easy to understand. I love the female menstrual cycle lecture along with the blood sugar balance, insulin resistance, superfoods, topical skincare and info on carb cycling. So yeah, I give information about skincare products that I love, how to formulate a skincare routine, so many things. It's not just about diet, it's a whole holistic approach. Another one says it, it's particularly useful having the insulin mechanism explained to me because nobody teaches you these things. Also, the specifics on how to follow the generic tips that we hear, like remove toxins. What exactly does that mean? And in this course, I teach you exactly what I mean by an environmental toxin and some simple things that you can do to reduce your toxic burden. So if you feel like you're getting nowhere from your current attempts or if your doctors aren't helping you, then take this opportunity to get some answers. There's a link in the show notes or on my website as well. You can scroll up for the link to that into the episode show notes and sample the free lectures, see what you think 
and then enroll if you're ready to make some change in your life. So let's get into the 10 things I wish I knew when I had PCOS. So number one is that the birth control pill actually masks your symptoms and actually makes the underlying imbalances of PCOS worse. So I touched on this earlier, but the birth control pill increases insulin resistance and insulin resistance is one of the main drivers of PCOS. High insulin can drive your ovaries to produce excess male hormones, androgens, that can cause things like acne, hair loss, um, irregular menstrual cycles, infertility, and insulin resistance also lowers levels of sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG, which causes your hormones to be in excess. So it's, it's like a sponge that binds to excess hormones and having insulin resistance actually drives down this hormone. So the fact that the pill makes you more insulin resistant, it means that you can't tolerate as many sugars or carbohydrates in your diet. You need to be more careful. Maybe you're gaining weight or find it difficult to lose weight because you have this insulin resistance and diet alone may not be enough to overcome that. These synthetic hormones can really do a number of things in the system. The pill also depletes micronutrients. Um, Ironically, the ones that are needed for fertility and hormonal balance, like zinc, selenium, magnesium, vitamin E, vitamin C, all the B vitamins. And these are likely the cause of all of the side effects associated with the pill. So these nutrients are used as cofactors on hundreds of different enzymes in the body, everything from neurotransmitter production to liver detoxification to ovulation. Your body requires a ton of nutrients, so the pill really depletes a lot of these different things. The B vitamin family in particular really benefits the endocrine system in so many ways, and it's also needed for the metabolism of our food. So blood sugar balance and conversion of protein, fats, and carbs into energy. Also detoxification through the liver to help clear out these environmental toxins because as women with PCOS were less able to process or detoxify things like plastics or parabens and there's a big um, connection with environmental exposures with the development of PCOS as well. Zinc when deficient can be associated with increased acne, poor immunity, so if you find yourself getting sick all the time it could be from the pill. The pill also affects gut health and it acts as a low-dose antibiotic in the gut. And if you combine that with topical antibiotics, um, oral antibiotics for ear infections, strep throat, tonsillitis, or acne, then you could have really impacted your gut health. And especially if you've got a family history of inflammatory bowel disease, the pill has been linked to an increased risk up to three times for developing inflammatory bowel disease, particularly Crohn's. So you need to be careful if you have a family history of autoimmune, inflammatory bowel conditions, especially if you're genetically predisposed and have a history of smoking cigarettes. The pill also lowers thyroid hormone, and we know that PCOS and thyroid issues are closely linked. A lot of women with PCOS, like one in four women, tend to have a thyroid issue, usually hypothyroidism, and it may be subclinical, so it's not outright a problem on blood work and your doctors haven't picked it up but it could still be a problem especially when you do a full thyroid panel and look at things in an optimal range. The pill also increases inflammation which can upregulate reverse T3 levels which is an inactive form that can't be used and the body defaults all of your production of thyroid hormone into RT3 and it's like a, a blank in the gun. There's n- it's not going to be physiologically active. The pill affects neurotransmitter production And we know that women with PCOS tend to have mood issues. Whether it's a cause or result is 
something that's up in the air it could be that we have these depression anxiety symptoms because of the symptoms that we have to deal with like acne and hair loss or weight issues that can make us feel self-conscious and therefore depressed but the inflammation and the blood sugar imbalances and the hormonal dysregulation of PCOS particularly low progesterone that can make us have these mood issues so it's like a two-way street with that one and especially because of the depletion of the nutrients that can affect serotonin dopamine levels and it can make people more um, OCD have issues with insomnia irritability those mood swings that a lot of people develop whilst on the pill and sometimes don't connect it to the pill so they start it maybe um, in the high school years and then as they go on over the years they start to develop really bad mood swings anger issues anxiety and depression and they think it's just situational but it's really driven by this medication and the pill as well finally doesn't address the underlying imb imbalance of pcos so it's like putting a band-aid over or if the engine light came on the dashboard of your car a big red warning sign it's like sticking a plaster over that and then continuing to drive along or if the smoke alarm the smoke alarm's going off in your home you're just putting on some headphones and turning up the volume and ignoring what's going on that's really the issue with the pill especially if you go into the pill having hormone imbalances you're just really adding fuel to the fire there and if left unresolved pcos can develop into other things like cardiovascular disease type 2 diabetes metabolic syndrome and hormone dependent cancers but that's only if you leave it unaddressed and ignore your body's signals if you work on the underlying imbalances all these things will be reduced the risk of them so just because your family history there's a big connection with some of these things you're not doomed to have them just because you have pcos you can absolutely make changes we know that 90 to 95 percent of disease chronic disease and some of these conditions are um, environmental so diet and lifestyle based whereas only five to ten percent are genetic so that's a powerful thing and i urge women of reproductive years to take charge now it's never too late even if you're in your menopause but the changes that you make now will affect your health long term okay so second thing i wish i knew i know i know that that was a long one but second thing i wish i knew when i was diagnosed with pcos is that pcos is a condition that really responds well to natural medicine so lifestyle nutrition food is medicine supplements some things it can be a little bit tricky and i'm not against medication there is a time and a place and some things you do require medication for a pharmaceutical drug pcos is one of those conditions that can really um, transform when you get the right diet and lifestyle which is great so um, just some simple swaps in your food choosing high quality foods um, reducing stresses cleaning up your toxic skincare exercising a little bit more your body can really make some massive changes pretty quickly bearing in mind that with any change you need to give it a good 60 90 days good two to three months at least to make some massive changes because that's how long it takes for the follicle to kind of grow and develop and then be released at ovulation so if you start to make some changes this month don't expect your period to be completely amazing and your skin to be clear in a month you need to give it a period of time but um, with pcos it can be pretty dramatic which is great number three is that there's a huge connection between environmental toxins such as bpa parabens and turning on the genes associated with pcos and we're less able to detoxify these environmental chemicals so we're like the canaries in the coal mine 
if you don't know that analogy it's back in the day when people worked in coal mines if there was any toxicity or gas present to test that out they'd send a canary down in the shaft and they'd listen out and when the canary um, stopped chirping they'd realize oh the, the gas levels now are very dangerous we can't go in there um, and it's killed off the little canary so women with PCOS were were usually the first ones to respond to some of these things that are affecting everyone at more of a low-grade level but we're the ones who physically display signs of imbalance so we get the fertility disorders we get the um, metabolism issues and the thyroid issues due to these things but long term even in other people they do increase the risk of things like cancer and alzheimer's and dementia but although we have health issues in our 20s and 30s and teens the changes that we can make they actually reduce the risk of some of these more serious conditions in the long run so yes it's frustrating having to really work on your diet and lifestyle and putting more effort than your friends and family and loved ones do but it really pays off in the long run too and something that's really become apparent to me over the past few months from my own research and my own journey is how environment is huge so mold toxicity for me mycotoxin exposure um there's a condition called chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS also known as biotoxin illness there's so many names involved and I kind of diagnosed myself because I if I go to my doctor there's just no way that I, they would recognize this and they just think I'm they already think I'm a bit of a loony but I've self-diagnosed myself um I just know that it's what's happening with me and it is definitely driving all of my symptoms and was a huge factor in my PCOS journey I don't think my diet in when my younger years helped and my periods of stress and over exercise they were all contributing factors but I think this mold toxicity has been a huge one as well that's been underlying and there is actually some evidence and there's some big connections of how it can affect PCOS. It has effects on the HPA axis, particularly the pituitary um, function. It causes inflammation of the brain. It can suppress hormone release from the pituitary, which control things like appetite regulation, insulin production, um, sex hormone and progesterone production ovulation. So I will be talking more about this over the next few weeks as I dive into myself and do the research because there's not a lot of research out there that I can find so I'm really having to go go deep into the hidden um, PubMed and um, old blog posts and things from people but this is something that I need the information to get out there but don't start here just start with the basic things um, a lot of my symptoms improved but I just found that over time I was needing to really stick with my supplement and diet protocol in order to feel good and if I strayed away from that my symptoms would return so I was really controlling things for a while but for me personally this has been a big factor and I'll be releasing a podcast on my journey in a few weeks time so stay tuned for that it's a good 90 minutes of me that's only part one as well it'll be a part two but just something to keep in mind do you live near um, a railway station or an airport or a farming field that's using non-organic um, pesticides growing non-organic crops there could be some environmental exposures there as well number four is that gut health always needs to be addressed even if you have zero digestive symptoms i learned this with many clients um i would put off doing a stool test because 
it was expensive for them and they didn't really want to go ahead. I had to convince them when we didn't get any results um, with just basic stuff. And it turns out, oh, they have a chronic parasite infection or SIBO or their gut is very inflamed. And the best diet in the world isn't going to help at that point. You need to figure out some of the more deeper imbalances. And there's even people with celiac disease and their intestines are fully destroyed because of an autoimmune attack and they have zero digestive complaints. It's either that or they've got used to them and think that the daily bloating and constipation diarrhea is normal. But you could literally have no symptoms at all and your symptoms could be your skin. So you get rashes, you get eczema, you get acne, or it could be your mood, you get brain fog, anxiety and depression. It could be neurological, so you get tingling and numbness and joint pains as a, a symptom of poor gut health. And women with PCOS do have more dysbiosis, so an imbalance of good and bad bacteria, they tend to have more bad bacteria, particularly the ones that are gram-negative, so they produce something called um, endotoxin or lipopolysaccharide, it's also called LPS, and these can directly promote leaky gut. They can affect digestion, absorption, detoxification, and having a, an infection in your gut or uh, poor gut health can really put a burden on your liver. Your liver is so important for hormone regulation, for getting used hormones out of the system. So if you have been on the pill or have taken medication or you're just a human living in the modern world, your liver likely needs a little bit of love. And yes, livers do detoxify on their own, but we do need to support them, especially if you've been on any of those medications that I mentioned or if you have chronic gut issues your liver can likely be sluggish and therefore you're not detoxifying or eliminating hormones like testosterone, DHEA and estrogen out through the bowels and that's causing them to be recirculated and then you're led to have hormone dominance conditions like PCOS and like endometriosis and fibroids. So the gut and the liver always need to be addressed. What that actually entails is a little bit different to everyone and that's why it's important to um, get some more answers, do some more testing and start to work on these things step by step. Number five, I wish I knew that it's totally possible to have a baby without fertility treatments, especially if you address the root causes. There's no reason why you should have issues with fertility. Infertility rates are on the rise every single year, and there's no doubt that it's due to a number of different reasons poor diets, pesticides, environmental pollutants, stress, so many things, but with PCOS I remember being told like oh you can go on the pill now and that will help with your symptoms and then just come back when you're ready to have a baby then we'll put you on some more drugs and you shouldn't really have a problem and I'm happy that they didn't tell me oh you're infertile like some people at all like oh you'll never be able to have a baby naturally that can really ingrain deep into their mind and it can actually manifest even if the physiology is fine what you believe really can come to fruition so oh, I didn't get that message, but I was just told, oh, you're probably going to need medications. Um, you might struggle, so just come back when you're ready. Um, but usually with women without PCOS, fertility rates start to decline from 35, age 35 onwards. With PCOS, it's actually the opposite. So fertility rates actually start to increase and, and get better after the age of 35. And that's due to the natural decline of androgens, these male hormones, after that time. So that's kind of good. And more people are waiting until the late 30s and 40s to have kids these days, especially if you're 
um, focusing on your career or you didn't want children and then you decided to have them with P2S, it's a good thing that um, these things can actually get better as we age. It's a little bit different for the average woman. Sixth thing that I wish I knew is that women with P2S have some benefits. So there's some advantages to having P2S, which is something tricky to get your head around because I know it's a struggle with all the symptoms that we can experience when out of whack. But back in the day, we were the warrior women who would survive the famine because we had that mild insulin resistance. So when everyone was starving and um, couldn't really function, they'd lose the periods when there was no food around. Women with PCOS would usually tolerate that really well. And they were the ones who were fertile in those times of, the, of um, stress. They were the ones with a little bit of extra body fat, which would get them through those periods of famine. And women with PCOS actually make great athletes. So a lot of female athletes have PCOS and they use that to their advantage. And we have better muscle mass. We can gain muscle and strength really easily. And athletes that are some who don't really take care of themselves well, and you can tell they have really bad skin and hair loss, but the ones who take care of themselves and they prioritize rest and recovery, they eat really well, they're like the healthiest people ever. So just bear that in mind as well. And with any genetic SNP or mutation, SNP stands for single nucleotide polymorphism, just means a genetic variant on mutation which we all have all SNPs have a benefit and Dr Ben Lynch talks a lot about this and I love his book Dirty Genes which you can um, get online I highly recommend that one and you don't need to know your genetics to read that book there's actually a lot of quizzes in there which will help you see maybe if there's an area that you're a little bit lacking in and some recommendations for that but he talks about how every genetic mutation whether it's mthfr which is the common one that we hear about comp t so comt that's another one they all have the benefits so with comt i have homozygous so two snips of that one and i hear that it's bad for like increasing risk of estrogen dominance and anxiety but when it's working well it works to my advantage because i'm very productive and i can spend a good period of time on one task so if i'm writing a blog post or doing client protocols I can work for a good like five six hours straight and be very focused but if it's out of whack I'm really anxious and I can't cool down I can't wind down and I'm more prone to hormone dysregulation for that reason as well and think of the benefits is reframing the situation too so any health symptom you can reframe it so if you've got acne just understanding that your body is trying to send you a message that something's wrong some people don't get that communication or feedback from their body so it's actually more of a, a benefit and it's hard for you to get used to that mentality especially if you've been self-loathing and hating your skin but try to reframe it it will take effort at first but then it becomes more automatic and for more on the benefits of PCOS I talk about this obviously in the course but episode five of the Hormones in Harmony podcast with Dr Felice Gersh Love that episode anyway, and she is a wealth of knowledge, but she talks about this as well. Number seven is, I wish I knew how important circadian rhythm regulation is. It's absolutely key. And having peace to us, there's some belief that we're kind of stuck in puberty, meaning that during puberty, most teenagers or children tend to become slightly more insulin resistant and they produce more adrenal androgens temporarily. This leads to the body odor and the oily skin and the acne. But then we should grow out of that. 
in PCOS, something happens, whether it's a life stressor or an environmental trigger, that we kind of stay in that phase and we don't really grow out of it. So we are in our mid-20s and we still have all of the symptoms of a a teenage boy. We have the terrible skin, we have bad body odour, we have some hair growth all over the place. And this doesn't mean to say that we're stuck here forever. There are so many things that we can do to get out of that. As women, as humans, beings, we are highly connected to the earth, or we should be. We should be outdoors the majority of the day, not sat in an office under artificial lighting all day long. We should be around community, exposed to nature, in the soil, in the dirt, walking and moving all day long. And being on the birth control pill, being sat under fluorescent lighting, um, not being exposed to nature, not getting outside, these can really mess up our circadian rhythm, which is our body clock. And this can affect our energy, our mood, our menstrual cycle length, just our overall well-being and disease risk too. And if you want more information on circadian rhythm and how to optimize that using things like blue light blocking glasses, um, apps on the phone that you can turn on in the evening, avoidance is best, but I live in the real world and know that that's not always possible just getting outside, especially first thing in the morning, having light breaks every couple of hours where you just go and stand outside, get some light in your retina, and then your body will know exactly what time it is. It will produce the right hormones that will improve your sleep and therefore your energy and your health the next day. So that's episode number 53 with Andy Mance of Blue Blocks. And you can check out the um, his range of blue blocking glasses. I really recommend them. They make a huge difference to your hormones um they actually look pretty cool not these ones that i have on the the orange and red ones i wore at night and you can use the code hormones h-o-r-m-o-n-e-s at checkout for 15 percent off your order number eight i wish i knew that thorough testing is really important there's different subsets of pcos there's different root causes underlying imbalances and my doctor didn't tell me any of my lab results i think my testosterone has always been normal and it's been low the past couple of years and that could for some people mean that they're not diagnosed with PCOS but there are so many other androgens that need to be assessed like ethylcholanolone, DHEAS, DHEA, androsterone. So if your doctor's just testing you for one and say no you're fine like you don't have PCOS that could be why you're missed and you also need to check and rule out things like insulin resistant because eight to percent of women tend to have some degree of insulin resistance you need to know whether that's you or not because the treatment protocol is going to differ and you need to know how insulin resistant you are so if you're nearing pre-diabetes then you're going to have to put more effort in and do some more drastic things than someone who's mildly insulin resistant plus you can monitor your improvements so as you start to change your diet and your lifestyle, even if you don't feel a massive impact from doing that, you can use blood work and lab um, lab markers to actually track your progress over the years. And sometimes people feel the same, but their fasting insulin starts to come down and their vitamin D levels start to restore. So that is the combination that we need to be looking at too. Not just looking at symptoms and not just looking at blood tests, using the both of those combined. And with PCOS, sometimes androgens are coming just from the adrenal glands. Sometimes it's coming from the ovaries. Sometimes it's coming from both. And certain other markers, if you did an adrenal test and your cortisol was really high and your DHEAS, which is an adrenal androgen, is elevated, 
then your focus is going to be majorly on stress management in all aspects. Whereas if your cortisol's fine, but your insulin, blood sugar, and testosterone are elevated, that could mean that you need to work on blood sugar insulin resistance because testosterone can be made from both the ovaries and the adrenals and then not just sticking with the lab tests that your doctors offer because yes they have a time and a place but there's so much more comprehensive testing that you can do to actually figure out what's going on you may not need to start here you can just do the foundational things see how you progress and then there may be a time where lab testing is recommended to speed things along get some answers help your practitioner give you a suitable protocol but if you've got the the time and the money to be able to do some testing looking at full thyroid panel usually needs to be paid for privately especially in the uk it's not done just on the nhs a lot of the times um gut testing so see if you've got a chronic gut infection may not have any digestive symptoms necessarily something like a her tissue test could be great to figure out whether a chronic mineral imbalance is affecting your blood sugar and insulin levels or your thyroid or making your androgens really elevated because minerals like copper and zinc, magnesium and potassium can all be involved in that as well. And that's not a test that you're going to get from your doctor. So you, you don't even need to ask. That's something that I offer in with my packages. So my coaching one-on-one packages, but also my PCOS success online course. And there's going to be more courses being released in the future. But these are all optional add-ons. So you have the option of purchasing a one-on-one session with me and running some of these tests if you wish to do so. I wish I knew that answers and solutions weren't found in a pill bottle or a skincare bottle or a hair loss shampoo. These things can help, but they're more surface level and you can spend hundreds of pounds a year on these things and not get the results that you're, you're wanting. Sometimes you get temporary improvements, but then you get frustrated and you're chasing your tail because you're not addressing the underlying imbalances of PCOS. So I agree that a topical skincare routine can be great. But if you've got a chronic gut infection or you're eating foods that are inflammatory, it's just going to be a waste of time you doing that. And with certain supplements like DIM or Zinc or Vitex, I also often see women doing more harm than good when they self-treat. Take Vitex, for example. It could be great for some people to improve progesterone levels, stimulate ovulation, and calm the the mood and PMS type symptoms but for certain women with PCOS it can make them worse so it can delay ovulation even further and it can exacerbate the mood swings and the acne as well that's what happened to me when I was first starting out was because the way that Vitex works is that it stimulates LH levels some women with PCOS have very high high very high LH levels anyway so it's just adding fuel to the fire same with zinc sometimes people just chronically supplement with zinc and then over time it starts to deplete copper levels copper is really important for many things like histamine regulation hair coloring um, antioxidant production so you could be supporting one thing but actually depleting one another thing if you don't know what you're doing and i'll use the hair tissue test to figure out if that's a factor for my clients and even dim so i i reached out to start taking dim when I was first learning about this, because I read that it's the cure for acne and it can help with um, hormonal imbalances and irregular periods, I took it and it actually almost stopped my period completely because it lightened the bleed so much. It was like pink and it lasted two days. And that's because DIM reduces estrogen levels and my estrogen wasn't elevated at the time. 
and you need to know what you're doing especially any of these things and bioidenticals and glandulars and herbs you can really mess yourself up even though you're trying to do a good thing and save time and maybe save money from working with someone you're actually making the condition worse and then last but not least just know that your doctor isn't the only one that can help you it may seem that they're the the be-all and end-all they know what they're doing maybe you're working with a gynecologist who said that they specialize in pcos but you don't feel like you're making the the progress that you expect just know that there are other answers don't feel like it's the end of the road if your doctor's given up and just told you that the only option is the pill that's not true at all you need to dive deeper and it's a good thing that you're listening to this podcast right now because you're getting some more education elsewhere and you're empowering yourself and i love to see that it's the people who just give up and just think oh this is just how it's going to be this is just what happens in my family or where i live where i come from that's not the case at all you can absolutely make some massive changes and joining pcos success would be an amazing first step the information in that course is really the foundational stuff so looking at your diet foods to eat foods to avoid lifestyle how to optimize your sleep, ways to manage stress. And then from there, if you're still struggling, because I understand that it's not the, again, there's no one resource that is going to heal all your problems or cure everything that's going on. But from there, if you then still need some further support, you have the option of working with me, getting some lab results. And that usually is a really good place to start. You try and do the, the basic things on your own. And then when you get to the point where you've exhausted all avenues, you then work with the practitioner and that could actually save time um, for you. But there are other people who just need support from the get-go. They want some testing. They want to figure it out. They're really busy. They work full-time. They have a family and they really struggle. So they go straight into the, the working with someone. So I hope you find this useful. If someone you know, a friend, a sister, a loved one is dealing with PCOS, I think you should forward this on to them share this with them tag them in a post and let them know that information like this is out there there are things that you can do there are other education options for them to go through and as always if you've got any questions you can send me a dm on instagram send me an email at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and i'll happily get back to you if you've got any further questions after listening to this information so see you next week for another episode with a fantastic guest Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next step to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.